Hi, welcome to the Joyful Balance podcast. You're here with your co-host, I'm Mira. This is Denise. Uh, we're all about the intersection between neuroscience, nutrition and psychology. Um, I, Mira, have um, a background in neuroscience and psychology and I'm also a nutritionist that specialises in mental health and cognitive well-being. Denise is a cognitive behavioural hypnotherapist. So we're here on a journey to take you all through how your mind, your brain and body are three distinct things but they are interlinked um so we throughout this season which is series two um what we're doing is that we're on a journey of self-improvement and uh and looking after ourselves and so we're going to be checking in with you to let you know how we're getting on and how each you know and supporting each other through this journey and then i'm going to let denise take the reins and we're going to talk about sleep so yeah how are you I'm all right. I think I'm feeling a bit more upbeat. I'm getting used to it being a more wintry time, which I was very resistant towards. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, but no, I'm bedding down the activity stuff, which is wonderful. Um, and now thinking about other parts of my routine. So actually, this sleep one has come at a very timely point in this journey. Um, so how about you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, today's a good day. Awesome. I um, decided to say that to myself every day. Mm -hmm. So since we started the journey in episode one, I am just, today is going to be a good day. That's awesome. And sometimes it, life happens. Mm -hmm. It's not a very good day between you and me, but it's going to be a good day. Do you know what this reminds me of? This is so off topic already, but it reminds me of Grey's Anatomy uh, when Derek Shepard always used to say it's a beautiful day to save lives before every operation he did. Yeah. Yeah, so it's along those lines. I quite like that. And actually, it reminds me of exactly the opposite. Okay. <laughs> Which uh, some of you may have seen uh, these episodes. Uh, they used to be on uh, Cartoon Network. Okay. And the cartoons were called Dexter's yes. Laboratory. Dexter's Laboratory. Exactly. He's the smartest boy you've you ever seen. seen. But DD blows his experiments. experiments. To smithereens. Right, I never, exactly. sorry. Sorry, exactly. guys. I never thought I'd sing on this podcast, but there you go. But you have a beautiful voice, by oh, the way. Oh, thank you. Um, so I didn't join in, not because I don't know the words, because I don't really have the most beautiful voice in singing. I so. don't either. It's fine. It was nice. It, it, it I could hear it very oh. nicely. Um, and in Dexter's laboratory, um, whenever he was not having a, a you know, because he was a experiment and mathematician type genius kid, mm-hmm. uh, when he didn't have a good day, he was getting very upset and he was saying, today is not a good day for science. So... Because I probably have said that since I was a child. Mm. Um, and now I've decided to switch it to today is going to be a good day. Today Love is it. a good day. Because I found myself many, many times uh, and, you know, previous co-workers would vouch for this. I kept when things were going astray, I was like, today is not a good day for science. And I realized psychologically <laughs> I was setting myself up for failure because I yeah. was kind of getting into the whole mindset, mindset. of it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, today is a good day. Whoop. Today we talk about sleep and we talk about sleep and stress and we're going to leave you with some uh, tips and tricks as we always do Mm -hmm. and we're also going to tell you and us to each other what we are going to do to maybe improve and to get a more restful sleep. Sounds like a plan. Cool. So let's dive in. How do you sleep? Do you know what? Once I'm asleep, like generally unless I'm extremely stressed out, I sleep pretty well. My trouble is, and I'm imagining a lot of people will identify with this, is 
being disciplined in a good way around sleep hygiene before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so let's be real. Uh, recently on Instagram and social media, uh, something's blown up around a dramatized. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Basically, there was this famous serial killer in America. Okay. Now. <laughs> I thought you might have that reaction. Denise has just literally like moved backwards uh, for anyone who's just listening to this thinking, oh my God, I'm sat next to a widow. Anyway, I'm really interested. <laughs> I'm Sorry. really interested in true crime. I love it. Me I, too. I, I follow live and breathe. Okay, fine. So Netflix have released a dramatized version of a guy, and I'm going to mispronounce his, his surname, but his name is Jeffrey Damer. Oh, and they've I've released seen... a dramatized uh, version of basically his whole killing spree and how oh. he ended up being caught mm. and what his childhood was like that led him to that point. So, if you've ever read There's Something About Kevin, we need to talk about Kevin, that book, is that vibe. Mm. And mm. I stupidly started watching this at night. Oh, and I well was done like, you. yeah, it was a terrible idea. So, my problem really is around sleep hygiene. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, how about you? Um, yeah, so let me take a step back. Okay. Because there are two versions of my relationship with sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, The version that I'm currently in, which I am quite proud of, is I sleep and I wake up rested. Nice. Now, there is a version where I scroll through social media until midnight. Mm -hmm. Because of the blue light, I turn that off and I turn my screen into, um, you know, the black and white version and the very, very um, uh, low light. I don't know if your phone has that. Probably all phones now have this setting. And I'm trying to use that uh, in order to wind myself up. You mean wind yourself down? Uh, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Let me say that again. In order to wind myself down. Yeah. However... It doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I go into the cycle of I fall asleep very late. Okay. I wake up at the same time mm-hmm. because my body is like, hello, six o'clock, bang. Mm. And not because I want to, because it's just got used to it. Yeah. So I suffer tremendously. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, in my um, other line of work, in, in marketing and stuff, you sometimes have incredible deadlines and you have to do everything like 3,000 years ago so when that used to happen to me I was struggling with sleep that was affected by stress yep and what I mean by that is when you wake up predominantly between four and five o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and you're just ping awake yeah nothing will help you go to back to bed at least that's what you think that moment Mm -hmm. and you're just thinking about i haven't sent an email i haven't fulfilled this deadline i haven't done x y and z and at that time when this episodes were were happening to me in terms of stress-related poor sleep i didn't know what to do with myself Mm. and there wasn't a lot of information out there luckily now you can find a lot of information. Yeah. And this is also one of the reasons why I specialize in sleep and my professional uh, therapeutic career. So if you didn't know, that's what I do. I help people fall asleep mm-hmm. and stay asleep through the night and on a regular basis. And they can do it by themselves. So that's why I'm saying it's a complicated relationship between me and sleep. Yeah. Today, it's Okay. I have a sleep routine, as you say, yeah. uh, sleep hygiene. I make sure that the, the things that I like to do to wind down are in place. Mm-hmm. And then I sleep and then I wake up and hey, and I have the happy day. Nice. 
but it doesn't always work like yeah. that. So that's why this is going to be a dialogue episode. Um, I just wonder, wondered for you out there listening and for you, Mira, mm-hmm. do you think there is a direct connection between sleep and stress? One billion percent, I do. Because How do you think it manifests? Well, it depends. I think, you know, people who struggle to sleep struggle to sleep with two main reasons. They over, they either struggle to fall asleep or they struggle to stay asleep. Um, now, in terms of, you know, how your your body will, when you're really stressed, you run on a lot of cortisol. Hmm. That affects your metabolism. You, you know, it has a knock-on effect on a lot of different hormones and that includes your sleep hormones. And so it, your whole rhythmic cycle just gets disrupted hmm. as a result of stress. Yep. So I would say... It's it's monumental, the link between the two. Yeah, I would subscribe to that. And I also want to highlight that there are many uh, sleep disorders, as we call them. One of the most prevalent ones, you would all know it as insomnia, mm-hmm. which is either onset insomnia, as in you can't fall asleep, or um, the one that is uh, in the middle of the night, you wake up and you can't fall asleep again. But there are many other um, sleep uh, issues, such as uh, sleep apnea, um, you know, your circadian rhythm can be completely screwed up yep. and that may be because of jet lag it might be because of stress it might be because of other reasons and that so there are many sleep concerns also if you didn't know let me enlighten you maybe if you sleep too much mm-hmm. that is also a sleep disorder yep and you also have obviously the the likes of night terror terrors that i can never say that night terrors night terrors yeah Uh, predominantly when you're a child, but, you know, it can happen in adulthood as well. Mm-hmm. And you also t- can have um, issues such as restless leg syndrome. Mm-hmm. There are many things with sleep. But for, for us today, I think Mira was very right in saying we are looking at the problem of not falling asleep or uh, the problem of not being able to stay asleep yeah. through the night. And yes, 1,000 billion percent stress and sleep are related and unfortunately... Poor sleep mm-hmm. increases stress. Yep. And stress increases poor sleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a cyclical... Uh, it's like a... Oh, what's it? Not, a spiral downwards. Yes. Yeah. I call it a vicious circle. Yeah. And um, I was pausing for a dramatic effect. <laughs> uh, so what I wanted to say is... You have this issue. You can't sleep. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, what can you do to get yourself to bed? So that's what I want to talk more about. Okay. Because we know we have the issues. Yeah. Some of us, sometimes regularly, sometimes it's on a one-off basis. But we just need to think, what can we do to set ourselves up for success on a constant basis so that we can sleep mm-hmm. and be rested and wake up refreshed in the morning and don't feel like, oh my God, I'm going to fall asleep at my desk. Mm-hmm. And also don't reach for the sugars or the and, caffeine. and the caffeines and other stimulants and so on. So what I wanted to ask Mira before we go into this discussion of what can we do mm-hmm. was more related to what you touched upon in terms of cortisol, but also in terms of Uh, sugar and in terms of other stimulants why why do we seek them from a from a neuroscientific point of view well i think you know when we are quite stressed like you know what happens is that your stress hormones increase they encourage uh, your body to liberate more sugar so that it gives you the energy you need to fight 
or flee or, you know, have a response to whatever is stressing you out. Um, and then what happens is it causes your blood sugar levels to become way less stable. As a result, uh, you can go through, you know, you'll eventually have these crashes, which can leave you really tired, hangry, irritable. And as a result of that fatigue, you're starting to reach out for more stimulants to kind of keep you going. And and there also can be, you know, particularly in regards to sugar, they can also be really comforting as well um, because they will cause that release of serotonin and dopamine um, that will basically give you that feel good in order to keep going. But then it becomes this vicious sort of um, undulating up and uh, kind of oscillating experience where you go through these high, extreme highs and lows with your blood sugar levels, which has a massive impact on your mood. Um, and it also will then have a knock-on effect on your sleep because if your blood sugar levels, for example, crash when you're asleep because you've had a high, you've had a ton of ice cream before bed, for example, it can actually cause you to wake in the night and actually disturb your sleep. Um, it's called, I believe it's called nocturnal hypoglycemia. So it's a very normal hormonally kind of based, uh, if you like, and metabolically um, uh, experience. But there's definitely things that you can do to kind of avoid doing that or, or like tips and tricks that to help manage mm-hmm. that, basically. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to remind us all about uh, about this, uh, you know, from a more um, bodily function point of view, because the other things that we are going to talk about are directly linked mm-hmm. to um, uh, your low moods, to your sugars. Yeah, and we're going to talk, and the reason I'm not going into too much details because we kind of cover this in an upcoming episode, but, you know, uh, I think in order to set yourself up for success in sleep, and Denise is probably going to touch on this, from a neurobiological, hormonal perspective, that starts at the beginning of the day. Yeah. Like, it's all about what you also do during the day to then prepare yourself to sleep. And that includes fueling yourself correctly so that you're able to make the neurotransmitters that you need to not only keep you happy, but serotonin gets converted into melatonin at night in your brain. And melatonin is the one that helps you get to bed. So, um, yeah, I would say just as much as the immediate prep before sleep is important for good sleep, so is all the prep you do during the day. Absolutely. And the one thing that um, um, a lot of us fail at are thoughts. Because mm-hmm. think about it. How many times have you thought about, oh, here I go again, another night of horrible sleep? Yeah. And you, you, and you say that to yourself throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Or you have other irrational thoughts where you are afraid to fall asleep because you fear that you're not going to sleep well. And you're trying to get yourself extremely tired mm. so that you can fall asleep whilst you're telling yourself this crazy irrational thoughts that have no necessary you know proof in real life mm-hmm. but you keep repeating the cycle or you you're like i am you know in the morning i'm waking up and i'm oh i had a horrible night's sleep and here i am again insomnia is back or you say those things on yeah. repeat and you're not helping yourself no and it, it is like i i do understand and i really empathize uh from the perspective of it is horrible when you do go through a period of sleeplessness. But unfortunately, it's one of those things that when you start to anticipate a poor night's sleep, it becomes more likely that that's going to happen. Yeah. And that is called self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Remember the episodes when we were saying that you seek pleasure in crazy things, such as when you're right yeah. and you find the way that you're right? Because if you say it to yourself 20 times a day, I'm going to 
eat, uh, I'm going to sleep poorly, I'm going to sleep poorly. And when it happens, you're like, haha. Yeah, right. proved it. Yeah. So, yeah, thoughts. Have a have a think. I always say when somebody comes to me as a new client and they are, you know, coming to me because they want to sleep, I ask them to keep a diary of mm. their sleep. I'm not referring to an app where you, you know, record how your um, sleep has been, like those rings and other things you can do. Yeah. I'm referring to an actual old-fashioned, write it down, how was your sleep? Yeah. And you're keeping like a habit diary and a sleep diary at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, I slept very well last night. And then what have you done to set yourself up for success? I don't know. I had a glass of warm milk and I had a bath and I didn't look at my phone for one hour before bed. Mm -hmm. How did that make you feel? How is your day yeah. progressing? So that's kind of the, the gist of a, of a diary. Just to see... After a couple of days, a few weeks, you can look back and see how things are changing and which of the triggers are influencing your sleep the most. Mm -hmm. Because remember, not one size fits all and we are not all identical. So I might not be falling asleep because I'm uh, worried about a deadline. Mira might not fall asleep because she watched a you know crazy documentary. <laughs> a serial killer drama. <laughs> and she's thinking there are monsters under the bed. You, yeah. don't, you never know. So that's why I'm saying... Just have an investigation with yourself. Yeah. And, you know, this is going to be a recurring theme that comes up in the podcast. It's, it, what we're really encouraging you to do is to try and live very consciously. So it's trying to get you to think about your habits and your routines um, and how that may be impacting all aspects of health. And obviously sleep is a very big one. Um, so, yeah, this is a theme we'll keep coming back to, I think, throughout throughout the podcast. And we definitely will have touched on in previous and future episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I want to bring you um, attention to, you don't have to remember his name, but his name is Andrew Salter. He's one of the early behaviorists in psychology. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was at the very beginning of the 1900s. I think he was active between 19... 13 and 1960-something, so maybe I'm, I might get my years wrong, but that's how and when he kind of started this whole idea of behavior and mm. um, I put the basis of behaviorism, which further down turned into CBT and so on and so on. Anyway, his quote, he said, the inhibitory spend their days in mental acrobatics and their nights in insomnia. Mm-hmm. What he meant by this is that you inhibit a part of you, your feelings, your mood, your thoughts, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. i.e. you don't set up boundaries, you are not assertive. And then, because you do that all every day for your days when you're awake, at night you struggle with insomnia. Mm. Because this whole mental acrobatics and not uh, uh, satisfying your need of having healthy boundaries in place yeah. and being able to assert yourself, mm -hmm. even if you don't think about it on a conscious level, it is very important for you. So that's what he was trying to say. And that's one of the angles that I want to bring to the forefront is that besides the tips and tricks that we are going to share with you and we're going to discuss, it's also about looking inwards and thinking are my boundaries respected? Which are my boundaries? Yeah. Do I like when somebody treats me like this? Should I say something to that person and say, look, I didn't really like the way you approached me? Because that's asserting yourself. It is. But I think it's also about boundaries that you have with yourself. It's not just boundaries you have with other oh, people. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, so 
you know, there's going to be boundaries, I think, around um, things like having gadgets before bedtime, not watching serial killer dramas. I mean, watch them, but just not until uh, one in the morning. And, um, and, and, you know, it's also, yeah, about boundaries that you create for yourself to in order to set you up for success. And I, I think I think that mental acrobatics is really interesting because what's happening, we've kind of already spoken about it, is that negative thought spiral mm. about how rubbish your sleep is going to be. It means that you already approach bedtime super stressed out about mm. it. And, you know, sleep is a wonderful thing, but it's also influenced by psychological processes, right? Yes. So, yeah, it's... it's um, yeah, that's the kind of mental acrobatics I think we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about. And... and how I interpret the inhibitory part, if we put it to, you know, like this century. Yeah. It's more around like not doing things that set you up for success, mm-hmm. isn't it? So it's like, it's the eating really like loads of junk food close to bedtime. Yeah. Which can affect your metabolism, which can wake you up in the night or, you know, just set you on a path to not getting as good sleep. Um, it's, yeah, it's almost the things that you don't do that or the things that you do that will inhibit you getting a healthy sleep exactly and obviously there are many many facets here and you've already lead me in the direction that i wanted to take oh good and that is about worry and rumination so the people who as mira was pointing out doing this mental acrobatics of worrying how am i gonna sleep am i gonna fall asleep at the right time and am i gonna be waking up tired blah 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 during the day and ruminating on these thoughts mm-hmm. um they are going to, guess what, establish or discover new fears. I'm afraid to fall asleep or I'm afraid that I won't sleep or I'm afraid that tomorrow because I won't sleep tonight is going to be horrible. And then these fears, bless them, they will make you even more stressed. Mm -hmm. So they will make you, your autonomic nervous system, go back into this fight or flight kind of thing. Even if it's all imaginary, it doesn't have to be realistic in your life. Even if it's all in your imagination, it has the same effect, which then turns into, I'm not going to sleep. Yeah, your body doesn't really do a very good job of recognizing psychological from actual physical threat. There's no real difference to the body. No, no. You can you can have threats in your imagination, literally. Yeah, and then your your mind and your body will react to it as if it's a tiger chasing you down the road. Yeah, we we don't have that capability, which is a blessing. Yes, and a curse all at once because the blessing. I use hypnosis a lot in in my clients' sessions, and that is because in hypnosis you can practice in your imagination as if it's happening right now. Yeah. And your brain will be like, ah, it's happening now. Mm. That's what I mean is a blessing. It yeah. allows you to practice yeah. in this state of, you know, um, alertness and relaxation at the same time. And then because you practice it so many times, then it becomes second nature. Yeah. So it's easier for you to do it in real life. So it, that's where the blessing comes in. The curse is that we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, we can't separate whether it's real, real or, or not. Or not. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say is... Some other people I've encountered, they have what is called sleep anticipatory anxiety. Mm. So they get like a big rush of anxiety before sleep. And there are a myriad of reasons for that. I'm not going to delve into it. But I just wanted to make you aware that that is also something that it can happen Mm -hmm. for, for some of you who are struggling with sleep or it maybe just gives you maybe you're sleeping perfectly through the night and that's absolutely fine. 
And I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Just make maybe it makes you understand other people who are struggling with sleep. And obviously there are uh, phases in our lives when sleep becomes a more of an issue or a symptom mm-hmm. than in other times, i.e. menopause for women. It's sometimes a very, um, you know, significant uh, symptom that happens when you're going through the menopause. So just be kind. That's what I'm trying to say. Because if you see somebody who's very much or tells them, tells you that they're struggling with sleep, it can be many, many things for them and it can be very important. I was going to say you. it can be a huge deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, right, what can we do I have to sleep? a billion ideas for good sleep, but I'll let you go first. Okay, I'll put them in categories and then we will just touch upon the ones that we like the most. Perfect. So, you can do behavioral routines, mm-hmm. you can do cognitive routines, and you can do bedroom, environmental routines. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I say to people is start with a bedroom. It's easy. Where do you sleep? Is it a comfy bed? Mm-hmm. Do you have a nice pillow? What's the temperature like? Yeah. Are you going to be opening the window? Do you need it cold? Do you need it hot? How is your bedroom? Temperature is a very important factor in being able to sleep. Uh, so, you know, you may find that you need either a heavier or a light lighter duvet, depending on what your temperature is like naturally. But ideally, you want to be able to, your body wants to be able to cool down ever so slightly. It's much more difficult to sleep if you're really hot. But obviously, that it's very it's still on an individual basis. But that yeah. generally, your temperature wants to drop a little bit. So some people um, find what's fine. Blah, blah, blah. Some people, what they find very helpful is to have a warm but not super hot shower before bed. Mm. Because what happens is you get that lovely warm comfort sensation, um, but your body then actually drops temperature to kind of compensate for the extra heat that is taken on. Yep. And that kind of makes it more optimal to sleep. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to come back to that in just a second. Mm. So first of all, look at where you sleep. Yeah. What is your environment where you sleep? Do you have a loud nightside table where if you put the, your phone down, it's going to be waking you up because it's made out of glass or something? Or you have a lamp that's ridiculously bright. Exactly. Yeah. Look at your bedroom. And also, before we move on to other things, you have to always remember one thing. Your bed is for two things only. Mm-hmm. The one where you sleep yeah, and the one where you, you know, get engage in relationships with others. Or yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So those those are the two reasons why the bed exists. The bed is not for eating and it's not <laughs> working. for working and it's not the place where you go when you want to look at the ceiling and daydream. No, no, no. The bed is for sleep and intimate relationships with yourself or others. Yeah. Then, after you've looked at your bedroom and how the setup is, Mm -hmm. what you need to look is at your habits in terms of winding down before sleep. And there are things there you can do. You can establish a routine, Mm -hmm. like uh, um, Mira was pointing out towards. You can have a nice hot shower, warm, or however you prefer it, because that will also allow your muscles to relax. Yeah, definitely. So it will enhance this element of relaxation, and it basically triggers your mind and everything in your body to say, oh, we're getting ready, ready to sleep." Yeah, and, and it's really important, I think, when you begin like to be extremely consistent or as consistent as you can with like so, so for it just just from your sake of an example for myself when I'm in a really good sleep routine generally what I do is I I'm in my room at nine because uh, I live in a shared house um, 
and then my lights are turned down low and I happen to have a lamp that's more yellow, which is great. So it's not that bright blue light. I jump straight in the shower uh, and then by 10, all screens are down or off and it's reading and then I'm asleep in half an hour. Generally, that's how it works yeah. for me. But, but that's a staged process to consistently cue my brain. We're winding down for sleep. Exactly. And you you would remember this from a previous episode with Dr. Aslam, where she was mentioning how sleep is important for her and her young family mm. as well. So remember your routine, whatever routine works for you. Exactly. If you are the person that needs to take a shower, take a shower. If you are the person who wants a bubble bath for an hour and a half, do that. If you can't do either of them because you're a morning type showering person, then find something else. Read a book, a magazine, stare out of the window and look at the stars whatever works for you there is no one size fits all absolutely you need to do what works. activity that works for you to make yourself realize you're winding down yeah meaning don't exercise at night unless you're a shift worker or something like that because if you exercise physical if you yeah very rigorous activity yeah Uh, don't do that before you fall asleep because you've just awakened all of the (laughs) yeah your adrenaline is pumping and that's not going to help you get to bed exactly if you want to do some light exercise i.e stretching that's very beneficial Mm -hmm. you can do that before you go to bed also Don't have coffee and stimulants just before you go to bed? No, so it takes about six hours for caffeine, for example, to clear your body. So, like, definitely no caffeine before uh, for six hours before you plan to go to sleep, Yeah. for example. Nicotine also has a, exactly. uh, a negative effect on sleep, so d- don't smoke before before bed yes, or vape. So, exactly. So choose your stimulant wisely and your poison, quote-unquote, wisely. So that it doesn't wake you up before you want to go to bed because, you know, that's what it's going to do. Also, um, another another habit in the behavioral side of the things is just allowing yourself to relax. Mm. Some people have a very difficult time with giving themselves permission to relax. And that's what you have to build within your routine is you are giving yourself permission to relax. Doesn't matter if your day was good, bad, indifferent. You have to relax in the sense of you are saying to yourself, okay, now is the time to relax. I'm not not saying it from a cliche point of view because Mm. you can't, uh, newsflash, you can't force yourself to fall asleep. And you can't force yourself to relax. Yeah. But you can start to gently say that to yourself. Now we're transitioning in the cognitive side of um, habits you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. Where you're just reminding yourself, okay, it's time to relax. It's time to relax. Versus I'm not going to sleep. Insomnia is setting in. This is going to be a poor night. Those thoughts, you need to change them with more helpful thoughts. Yeah, I think like... I. uh, What I always tend to... That, oh my God, there's so many avenues I want to go down. Mm. But <laughs> I think what you, you... You know, insofar as changing thoughts, it's... I mean, Denise can speak to this way more uh, professionally than I can, but it's a sense of like, I might get a bad night's sleep, but it will be okay. Like, yes. do you know what I mean? Like, it's just reframing that ever so slightly. And I think Absolutely. there's an element of, of acknowledging that it is a bit hard, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it and that things won't get better. And that's what I think what, yeah, like the the mindset change needs to be. There's like, maybe you'd be that type of person who can 
just go in and say this is going to be an awesome night's sleep and just say that consistently every night and that might be the attitude change but for for those who struggle with that just having that minute change of of the negative thought but having a like uh like a consolation after it Mm -hmm. in a way like or a mitigation or like saying yes but or yes and yes you know there's going to be a way that you can cope with it or that it won't always be like this and that it will get easier when you know this routine starts to take hold and your brain adapts Mm -hmm. to this new routine Mm -hmm. one question i do have though yeah so back to doom scrolling okay we're all guilty of it um some are some are more controlled than others it's sometimes very hard when you use your phone as a distraction for thinking about anything yeah to want to detach from it put it down and be left alone with your own kind of thoughts Mm. i Mm. i i sometimes struggle with it personally and that's it's a um it's a comfort i'm trying to break at night time yep how what's like what do you kind of say to clients when they're really struggling to just put their phones down and just want to doom scroll because it's a nice it's a addictive slash very comforting distraction thing to do i say two things Mm mm-hmm Baby steps. Yep. In the sense, if you feel like you can't put it down, at least turn your screen into the lowest possible light, black and white, whatever feature you have on your yeah, phone. Yeah, the nighttime shift where it basically turns your screen yes. more yellow. So it removes the blue light, which yes. is known to keep you awake. That is that is uh, on iPhones. I myself am an Android type of gal. So on my Samsung, what happens is... Um, it goes black and white automatically. Yes, yeah. I, I've set it up at eleven o'clock at night. Between eleven o'clock and seven, mm. it is black and white and very, very reduced um, light, so that it doesn't automatically make my eyes go ping. Yeah, and I have to be awake. So it allows me sometimes, as you say, to mm. just scroll until I fall asleep, and then it just. So even like your social media, it will look black and white. Everything. Wow. The yeah, whole I know. thing. Yeah. The whole screen, even if you just want to look at your uh, clock on the phone, everything is turned to that uh, to that um, um, way, and it helps because it doesn't stimulate your eyes. Yeah, that's the first thing I say. The second thing I say is again, first remember rule number one, i.e., make it very very dim and you know eye friendly, mm-hmm. and switch from social media to something else. Okay. For example, when I can't sleep and remember my phone is fully in the black and white mode and it's not, um, you know, keeping me awake, I do a crossword puzzle. Nice. And to be honest with you, it gets me very tired very quickly because the words are not always very easy. Mm. And I have to find words and I'm just like, you know, finding three words and then by the time I'm finding the fourth, I want to fall asleep because I've already exercised so much my brain that it just wants to like, leave me alone. Yeah. And it makes me fall asleep. But if you are not that type of person and that will make you even more alert, I'm going to say rule number one, make sure that whatever device you're holding and whatever thing you're scrolling is to the um, lowest amount of light and in the nicest, you know, non-confronting, whether it's a yellow light or black Black and white, white. Mm. something that is not really indicating, whoops, I'm awake. Yeah, one thing I would also say, I really like that idea of um, if you still need to use your phone because you've got that really strong habit, um, is, as you say, to use it for different things. So what I, for example, last night, um, 
and and it yeah like i said this episode is very timely for me because uh detaching from my phone <laughs> is difficult cuz i love just love using it as a distraction but for example last night instead i just put on a podcast Shock, yeah shock, shocker guys i listen to podcasts. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, I'll, I put on a podcast. Sometimes I'll, sp- I'll play Spider Solitaire on my phone whilst I listen to a podcast. But at least, like, I've got someone mm. talking at me. So I th- then it, the whole piece around needing a distraction is there. Yep. But it's in a less, like, in, like interactive format where I'm just, like, continuously yep. scrolling. The other thing that I, I say, so I said that I normally say two things. Mm. Sometimes I say three or more. Again, this is very uh, personal. So please don't take this as this is gospel and it works for everybody. This is very, very personal. And sometimes what I what I do encourage people to do, and I uh, my clients, I provide them with uh, specific recordings towards that, is to um, listen to what is called a progressive muscle relaxation. Mm. I mean, the sense that you have, you know, somebody in, uh, speaking in your headphones or in the room at large, uh, asking you to do certain things in your imagination with your muscles and so on. And that is very much helpful when you are trying to fall asleep because it does this whole routine of practicing how it is to relax, how it would feel to not have tension and mm. so on. And that, again, uh, brings brings about sleep. I wanted to say two things because it's, it's, it's a lot. I can sleep. I, I can sleep. I can talk about sleep. For days, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 one of the episodes which is the closest to my heart. All of them are close to my heart, but this one is just like ah, ah. I want to say so much. In the same time, I don't want to generalize too much because it is so so personal yeah, so and specific. But another thing that I say to my clients that I can't that can't fall asleep is don't force yourself to fall asleep. You've been there, waited half an hour to fall asleep. Mm. You are not sleeping. Or you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't fall back asleep. Get up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just I know it sounds counterintuitive. Get up. Do the dishes. Do something very boring. Uh, if you wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh, my God, I didn't send that email. Type the email. Go mm-hmm. and write it down and, you know, schedule it to be sent during business hours. Just do it. Don't sit there. You're not helping yourself. Hoping after half an hour that you're going to fall asleep. If it didn't work, do something that will allow you to realize you need to wind down, and you yeah. start almost like the wind dining pro- one. <laughs> you start the wind, the winding down process again. Yeah. Also, the other thing you you can you can do in this uh, thing is that it's very counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. If you can't sleep, you get up from where you are. Yeah. And you go to your naughty chair. Okay. Naughty chair or sofa or floor, whatever it is. It's almost as if you're designating a space in your home where you go when you can't sleep. Okay. Why? Because when you wake up, you can't sleep and you're thinking, oh gosh, I have to go there. I have to get up. I have to, you know, go to the quote unquote naughty chair. I don't want to. You basically will talk yourself into doing all of the other things that we mentioned briefly and you will fall asleep because you don't want to go to the naughty chair. That's really interesting. I've never heard that tip before. It is something that for some people works wonders. Wow. Again, not everybody. But just thinking, oh my God, I have to wake up. I have to move my duvet. I have to go because it's not, 
it's not pleasant mm. doing all of this, you know. And that's why I'm saying sometimes it sounds counterintuitive, but it can be very helpful. And it leads me into the last bit that I wanted to share uh, about this um, particular subject here, is that if you can't sleep in your bedroom, mm-hmm. let's say you have a partner that snores. Let's um, assume you woke up, they are snoring, you don't want to disturb their sleep, so it's disturbing yours, you can't fall asleep anymore. Hopefully you have another room yeah. where you can go or use some earplugs or find another place for you to be able to rest without the, you know, the noise sound yeah, yeah. or the noise or because I have I've come across clients that were saying, "Oh, I don't want to leave the bed because so and so will be upset in the morning when they don't find me in, in the bed and mm. they will think that yes, Yes, maybe they will be upset, but they won't be upset as soon as you tell them the reasoning yeah. for that. And you will be kind and compassionate and say, look, I understand, I don't know, you sleep with your mouth open, therefore you're snoring in my ear, but I also need sleep and yeah. I need. I moved there to, you know. Sometimes people sleep with their children, the children are tossing and turning and they're, you know, kicking you in the face. It happens. It does happen. Those kinds of things, you have to just remember that you deserve sleep. Yeah. It's not a luxury, guys. No, it's not it's a, a necessity. Exactly. It's a biological and psychological necessity. And when you hear those people in, you know, the culture of, oh, I can work best and I'll be most successful on four hours of sleep at night and I will wake up at six in the morning every day or three in the morning, that is not the key to success for mm. you. Some people might be able to survive like that and they do it thriving. But not all of us. No, and I would really encourage you. I'm guessing you've already read it, uh, Denise, but there's a book by Professor (laughs) Professor Matthew Walker, and he is an expert on sleep. He's based at the University, I think, of Berkeley in California, but he's an eminent professor about sleep. And if you're not convinced that you need sleep, read this book and you will completely change your mind. Exactly. Sleep is not a luxury, it's a necessity on all fronts. It will make you more productive, it will help your cells regenerate, it will bring about a new day every day. It will stop the vicious circle of, you know, being more stressed. I was going to say it will re- definitely reduce your stress levels. Exactly. It will help you manage stress in a different way because if you are well rested and you have a stressful day, you will be more resourceful. Yep. You will have more of your quote-unquote wits about you 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 won't be so irritable exactly you Mm -hmm. are not gonna you know go and chase more more sugar more more caffeine and alcohol and other things to you know keep you awake or enjoy your life because you are looking forward to sleeping yeah totally um and there definitely are some nutritional aspects uh to getting a good night's sleep like i said it starts from the beginning of the day um, I won't labor on these too much because I know we can always do this a uh, future episode. But, um, you know, making sure that you're managing your sugar, your blood sugar levels, having whole grain carbs, having lots of um, fruits and vegetables because they all provide the different vitamins and minerals that you need to make the neurotransmitters and the hormones that help you sleep. Uh, and also you can go for um, more tryptophan heavy foods because tryptophan gets converted into serotonin, which your body converts into melatonin at night, which is how it helps you sleep. Um, and you can also, apparently one study has found that e- eating two kiwis a night can really help with sleep. So can drinking uh, 
tart cherry juice because they naturally both are high in melatonin. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there are a lot of different tips and tricks that you can do with that. But but really, the point is that not only is it a mindset shift, it's also there's also an element of biology through nutrition that you can you can int- introduce into your day that sets you up for success for sleep at night. Yes. And I think if I can summarize it in, in one way, yep. because again, we can talk for days. We could. It, honestly, we can make a series only about sleep and how things we do eat, think and influence sleep. But the summary for today, I would say, start your sleep diary. Mm-hmm. Look at your sleep. Be an investigator. Is it investigator? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Be (laughs) your detective. We go with detective. Be your own detective and see, okay, last night I slept well. So I woke up at so-and-so time and I did X, Y, and Z. And why did I sleep so well? Oh, because I had dinner early and I had enough time for my body to digest it. And because I took my bubble bath that I love and because I read my book or, you know, just look at it. Look at it. We, we, we live on automatic pilot most of our lives. Mm-hmm. And what I'm asking you to do is to look at it. The evidence will be there in front of your eyes and you will realize, oh, I slept well in night X because yep. X, Y, and Z. And that made me feel this way. And I slept very poorly in this night because of X, Y, and Z. And that made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. And once you see those things and you realize... We can sit here for days and tell you what to do, but you have to identify your patterns. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Know your patterns. Do things consciously. Start slowly with a routine. Routine's probably one of the things that's most going to anchor your sleep in a better place. Um, And that will be a routine with better nutrition. Exercise also helps you sleep when you time it right. Uh, and as does having all the behavioral and cognitive tools to uh, enable like that come mostly right at the end of bedtime, but also during the day uh, that will all help you get to a point where you're happier with your sleep, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I'm deep in the process of creating an, a sleep program Ooh. that is going to be available for anybody and everybody to purchase. And it's going to be filled with information. And soon it's going to be published. And when I do that, it, we are going to share it, of course, and things like that for people who, who are, you know, quote unquote insomniacs. Yeah. And in the meantime, if you've got any questions for us, uh, please don't hesitate to get in touch. You can get in touch with us via uh, direct message on Instagram or you can email us. We'll put all the um, our details in the uh, blurb that comes with this episode. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please, 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 please please uh follow us give us a rating uh ideally five stars if you feel like it um any feedback is totally welcomed and encouraged but if you give us a rating it really does help um other people find us hit that follow button or subscribe button to make sure that you're always tuned in for the next episode and we look forward to speaking to you soon bye bye